I'm pleased to minister this morning, and I'm going to do something that I've probably never, ever done before. I'm going to speak on lostness again, again. Uh, Although I spoke on it the last time I ministered, I probably shouldn't have preached. I'd been so unwell one of the worst influenzas that I'd ever ever experienced, but I felt that the message I had was from the Lord and I didn't want to miss the opportunity of sharing it. And so I came with little energy and, uh, you know, I, I remember very little about the message, which is probably a good thing, where I can remember messages that I've preached 20 years ago. And uh, so I, I felt, and Pastor Marty would know what I'm talking about, I didn't feel the release in the spirit that I should have felt imparting and sharing what I felt God wanted the congregation to hear. And God gives us messages We hope sometimes to make the bells of heaven ring, but often we kind of leave with our heads down, feeling maybe that we haven't delivered all that God wanted. So I'm going to have a second go at it. I'm going to try to redeem myself. I'm going to preach on recognizing lostness, but I'm going to do it in a different way, and you'll probably see no reference or very little reference to the way I ministered last time. So for this reason, I feel to minister again, to share what I believe God is a key and God wants us to know. And I want to read just one verse from Isaiah 55, and it's verse 6. And you'll find this will be the key to the message as we go in. Where Isaiah says, seek the Lord while he may be found. What a wonderful statement. And the wonder of that is that God can always be found. He can be found here this morning. Call upon him while he's near. And the wonder of that verse as we look at it after thousands of years that God is always near. We all experience lostness. I find as I look back over Scripture and the wonderful characters of Scripture, uh, personalities, people that, that help us in our life for God, I find that the one common factor that all these great men of God, these great characters, these giants in Scripture, the one common experience they had was that they got lost. They lost their way. They weren't always on the ball. They failed. They made mistakes. They got lost. We can start with Adam. In his disobedience, he brought the whole world into a state 
of being lost as he disobeyed the word of God and partook of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We look at Noah and probably if anyone ever had good reason to be drunk and intoxicated, it was Noah after seeing the whole world perish and brought a family that would establish a new order. We find that he had a grew some grapes, had a vineyard, and out of those grapes he made wine and uh, he drank so much of it that he got into a drunken stupor and Ham, his son, found him naked and, and went to expose the nakedness of his father and then his other two sons, Japheth and the, the other uh, Shem, that they came and they came and they put a cover over him. And here we have Noah who saved the world, lost his way. But because of the righteousness of his family and the hand of God, they were able to raise him the experience he had and he was able to continue his life in God. Abraham, he lost his way through impatience. Job lost his way through sickness and, uh, and misfortune. Moses lost his way not understanding and knowing what to do with the call of God upon his life. David lost his way with temptation and taking that which was not rightfully his. Isaiah lost his way because of change when the, the godly king Uzziah died and everything now was different. He lost his way and came into the temple. Peter lost his way with overconfidence. Lord, I'll, I'll never betray you. And yet he did. Thomas lost his way with doubt, not believing in the resurrection of Jesus unless he could see and touch and feel. John Mark lost his way uh, in terms of the ministry that God placed upon him and the Apostle Paul didn't want him to come and be a part of the ministry team. And as we go through Scripture, I'm going to refer back to these characters and how they came out of the lost experience, how having lost their way, they came back to God. We're going to look at that in just a few moments. But I want to tell you, it is common to be lost. Lost not in the sense of not being born again. Every one of us is saved. But as we journey in life, as we face the challenges of life, so often we seem to get lost and it's not how it should be and we, we don't really know what to do, don't really know where to go. Lostness is a part of human natural life and human spiritual life. Lostness is experienced when we encounter the unfamiliar and unexpected. And we all face that in life. 
When we face change, disappointment, misfortune, sickness, and every one of us go through life facing those challenges, and so often as we do, we really don't know what to do. We really don't know how to hang on. We really lose our sense of direction, and in a sense, we become lost. These experiences we face are difficult to reconcile with our expectations of what our Christian life should be like. You know, Jesus had a lot to say about being lost, about lostness. And we have, in, uh, uh, we have the parables, the three parables in... Uh, uh, in, in, I've just forgotten where it is now, what chapter it is, but it doesn't matter. The three parables, uh, Jesus gives us the parable of the lost sheep. And then following the parable of the, we have the parable of the lost coin. And following that parable, it's the parable of the lost son. Jesus has a lot to say about being lost. And as we look at those wonderful parables, those wonderful stories, what comes out is that these things or these people that were lost, when they are found, there's tremendous power and joy and fulfilment and life. We're told in Matthew 9.36, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. And so prior to that verse, we have verse 35 where we we understand, we have an insight into the powerful, wonderful ministry of Jesus. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And uh, I focused on this and every one of us could focus on it this morning. And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now when I read that, you know, so often when we seem to have lost our way, we become resigned to what we are going through. We feel God's maybe not going to heal me. I'm just going to have to carry this. And we lose some hope and some faith. And as I was reading this passage of Scripture, the wonder of it was that Jesus healed every sickness and every disease. And that brought hope. Because I kind of resigned to the fact, look, I don't know if ever I'm going to be well. But that's a sign of being lost. That's not a sign of knowing where I'm going. That's a sign of focusing on something else than Jesus, our Saviour. We're given insight into the power of God manifested through the ministry of Jesus. He preached the gospel of the kingdom, the wonderful salvation. He healed every sickness, every disease. And as he was doing that, he looked over the multitudes 
because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. You know, we, we have here Jesus understanding what it is to be lost, what it is for the multitudes to be without the shepherd, without a shepherd. And he mentions he sees weariness, tiredness, and he sees that they are scattered. And one of the signs when we seem to lose our way and lose our touch with God and lose our sense of direction, everything becomes an effort. Everything's hard. Nothing's easy. Nothing goes right. Weariness. And not only weariness, but scattered. We're all over the place. We can't focus on God and what we should be. We're thinking this might help. And there's that sense of being scattered. Jesus understood that. He understood that that is what happens to people that have no shepherd. And Jesus in John chapter 10 gives us his solution where twice in that chapter he says, in verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Then in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and know them by name. And in that context of John chapter 10 that deals with Jesus as the great shepherd, as the one that leads and directs and cares and, and takes his people on into green pastures, in, that, in the context of that, we, we find that Jesus reveals that he is the one that will do that. And he tells us in verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. And that's what happens when, when we lose our way. But Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now that brings me now as we look at Jesus as the great shepherd, the one that loved us so much that died for us. The one that laid down his life, there's no more he can do in terms of his love and concern for us than what he has done. And that brings me now to, to Psalm 23. And Pastor Marty in his series on the wounded spirit, I think every message there's a, there's a reference, there's some time that's spent on that majestic Psalm 23. And I want to tell you this morning that Psalm 23 will tell you whether you're lost or whether you're found. And I find that I need to turn to Psalm 23, particularly when I've lost my direction, because it will very clearly show me where I am, whether... I'm following the shepherd, whether I'm enjoying the care of the shepherd or whether for a time, for whatever reason, I'm not enjoying Jesus as my shepherd. Now, Psalm 23, when the Lord's not our shepherd, we know he is. 
But you know, sometimes in the experiences of life, we're not feeling or enjoying that. The Lord is my shepherd. I have so many wants. I still have so many needs. God, you can see my life. There's just so much I need. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. That's certainly not my experience. They're dry. They're rugged. There's nothing beautiful about what I'm going through at the moment. This is not where I should be. He leaves me beside still waters. There's no still waters. There's rapids. There's violent storms. That's the characteristic of the experience of life that I'm in. He restores my soul. No, the restoration of the soul where our our mind, our emotions and our will, our minds in turmoil. We're thinking the worst. We're wondering where God is. Our emotions are almost destroyed. We don't know how we can hang on. And there's very little will left to go on and somehow see this through. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. I find that when I'm astray, I find that when I've lost my way, there's not much living in the paths of righteousness. Carnality can creep in, doubt creeps in, all these other horrible things seem to want to overcome my life. Uh, For his name's sake, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and we can have those experiences that, that really we can class as the shadow of death, but we do feel evil. We are worried, we are concerned. We don't sense that peace and that wonder that we should. For you are with me. No, God, we cannot see that you're with us. We cannot feel you. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The authority of God, the staff and the rod of God that should be leading us and protecting us and helping us. We find no comfort We're not experiencing that. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. No, there's no sense of joy. There's no sense of feasting. The enemy seems to have overcome. You anoint my head with oil. There's no anointing. You don't sense the anointing. In fact, you can remember dimly what the anointing was like, but you cannot feel it. My cup runs over. No, that's not happening. It's not happening. My cup's not. It's empty. I've got nothing left. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. I don't know how. I cannot see it. I wonder, God, if this is the case. All the days of my life, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Maybe we still come to the house of God. 
the litmus test of whether you know your way, whether the shepherd is leading you. The litmus test, the test is Psalm 23. And you know, when I, 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 I lose my way, and you know, being unwell, it's just so easy to lose your way. And I think I'm a preacher. I should handle this better. I come to Psalm 23 and I realize, yes, God, this is what I should be experiencing, but I'm not. I'm lost. I've lost my way. And the only way to come back is an encounter with God that brings us back from losing our way to once again enjoying life under the great shepherd. We experience him. He finds us. We find him. And what a difference that makes. I had an experience like that during the week. And that's probably why I'm preaching different from what I was a month ago. I certainly wasn't. You see things differently. And we're going to come back to Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is real. It's living. It's life. It's God's promise. It's what keeps us going. There's nothing to be embarrassed about being lost. I've been lost many times. Many times, you know, you can just, you know, sometimes it's temporary. Sometimes you might allow yourself to watch on TV what you shouldn't. And, you know, you kind of sense, God, this is not promoting your life within me. Other times I remember when uh, I, I uh, uh, finished ministry, I was lost. Every one of these characters, and I'm going to quickly look at the solution. I think every one of us, somewhere along in our life, have experienced uh, that measure of lostness. Uh, uh, Abraham, through his disobedience, but God then uh, had an animal slain uh, and took from that animal uh, uh, the, the clothing, the skin, and clothed him. And this was the beginning of the road of redemption. Noah had his sons, his two righteous sons, the, the, the help of his family that were able to bring him back to experience the power and the reality of God. Abraham in his impatience uh, and, uh, 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 you know, going into Hagar and the birth of Ishmael, trying to fulfill the promise of God, that God promised him a son and promised the nation. But somehow he lost his way. He was impatient. Finally, at 99, God spoke to him. And God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. And changed his wife's name, Sarai, to Sarah. He added a H, and the H in Hebrew is a window of blessing. And he reaffirmed that he would have a son at the age of 99. But he lost his way. He made a mess of things. But, he, but God still, through an encounter, 
through an encounter with the Almighty as God came and spoke. He found his way back to God. Job, through his sickness and misfortune, and all the reasonings why all this happened, finally God came. He had an encounter with God. He had a moment with God where God showed him his greatness. And Job was able to say, look, previously I'd only heard, I only dreamt of these things. Now I can see the hand of God face, as it were, in reality. And Moses, as he struggled with God's call and and, and tried to promote it and somehow got lost in the way and for 40 years in the wilderness. Then finally the burning bush, that encounter, that moment, that time with God that changed his life and brought him back on God's path. David, after yielding to temptation and, and sleeping with Bathsheba and all that, that happened... Finally, God sent Nathan the prophet. And as Nathan the prophet ministered to him, David was brought to the realization of his sin. And Psalm 51, as you read it, you can see the intensity of remorse and repentance and sorrow. He had an encounter with God. Though his lostness was so terrible... Yet God brought him back on the pathway that he had ordained. Isaiah, wondering what was going to happen, young in his prophetic ministry. Uzziah, who held Israel together, had died. What was he to do? He'd lost his way. He didn't know what would happen to the nation. He came to the temple of God. He came to the house of God and he got a revelation of God. He he had an experience of God as the seraphim came and they ministered to him. And though he felt that he had very little he could offer, they touched his lips with coals of holy fire. And he became probably of all the writing prophets, the the one that had most grandeur. As you read Isaiah, there's a beauty that surpasses most of the other prophetic writings. He was lost with change. Somehow the change that came into his life could have destroyed him, but he came into the house of God. Peter was overconfident. Then when Jesus finally came, he singled him out. He said nothing about his failure. He said, Peter, do you love me? That's all I want to know. And Peter said, God, you know I do. And God's command was, you go and feed my sheep. I just want you to minister for me. I'm going to anoint you. I'm going to bless you. I've got you back on the pathway of life and my will again. Thomas with his doubt and we've all been through these things. John Mark in kind of not making it in ministry. And yet every one of these people were able to come back to God and experience his love, forgiveness and power and not be lost anymore but now found Only an encounter with God 
the presence and power of Jesus, our great shepherd, brings us on course again. You know, I need to regularly uh, renew. I I need to regularly come when I lose my way. and, And I so often do, sometimes in a little way, sometimes in a bad way. I'm not experiencing what Psalm 23 promises. God, I've lost my way. I need the great shepherd. I need Jesus to come. I need to enjoy the blessings of being under his care. What a difference finding God or God finding us makes to bring us back to that place of enjoyment, that place of safety and security. You know, finding God afresh brings us back to a relationship with Jesus where uh, John 14, 6 becomes our guide. Jesus answered and said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And I've had to learn that when I come back, God, I need to find your way in this situation. I need to find your truth in this situation. I need to find your life, your power, what you want to do in that situation. Now, just having a a, a wonderful experience in God, I don't know if anything's really changed in my body, but it doesn't matter. It's changed in my spirit. It's changed in my mind. Psalm 23 now resonates with the blessings that I'm enjoying. I'm not looking at what's around. I'm looking at the great shepherd. Now, I want you with me. I want Psalm 23 to be placed. Can we have Psalm 23? And I want us to read it together. Here we are. Let's read it. I just want to come just down here. I want to feel what you're feeling. I know there are those that know what I'm talking about. It's not a bad thing to be lost because you can be found. You can be found. I want you to read this with me this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do you believe it? He's all that I need. He makes me, come on, read with me, help me please. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Enjoy it. It's yours to enjoy. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup, Runners over. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You can see why they never get me to lead singing. I can't lead you know, a communal uh, <laughs> a recitation or reading. A reading. Let's just bow. I believe God wants us to reach out to him and he wants to reach out to you and he wants you to enjoy all that Psalm 23 offers you that's his gift to you because he is your great shepherd Lord I pray that you'll minister Lord Lord we just expose our hearts we expose our need God, we want to be honest. Lord, somehow, somehow what we're going through, we're not handling it, Lord, as we should. And we've lost our way. But God, we reach out to you. Lord, you leave the 90 and 9. You come and you single us out. And as you single us out, you take us in your arms and you restore us and you bless us. And God, you bring us back on your pathway. For Lord, the life you've called us to in spite of its challenges is a life of joy and peace. Thank you, Lord. I pray, God, that you'll minister. I pray, oh God, that you'll change that thinking that maybe has given up. I pray that the Holy Spirit will put life into the word every, every sickness, every disease, every situation, every challenge, every misfortune. God, you're able to step in. And God, may your people enjoy the goodness of your favor. Lord, Bless your people this morning. Let's just, for a few moments, let's just let him minister. Just a touch, just a moment in his presence. Just an embrace of his arms. Just hearing the words, I'm in control. All is well. It will be worked out. You will see my hand. You will see the salvation of your children. You will see the healing power of God. You will see the miraculous as God steps into your situation and changes. You will see that the great shepherd leads you and leaves with you the wonder of his word. Thank you, Lord, for Psalm 23 and all that it means. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I feel released. Okay, I feel I've shared what God wanted me to in the humble way that I have. You don't have to be lost. You will, but we can get out of it so quick and just sense him alongside us in his direction, his power, and the joy of his presence. Amen? Thank you. God bless you.